10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. theory and true crime. Coming to you live from the Mistopheles Studios in Stark Fringe Radio. I try to move but my body won't work. I try to talk but Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Dark Fringe Radio. I am your host, Will Martinez, and thank you for coming on Dark Fringe Radio, your number one spot for the paranormal, conspiratorial, and true crime. And, of course, can't do this without my co-host, Jay Galosi. Jay, what is going on, brother? What's up, my guy? What's up? Mm-hmm. We're, uh, we had a great uh, interview that, uh, that will yeah. be in this episode. We, we've been having a lot of fun, had a lot of laughs, a lot of synchronicity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Evening, but yeah. yeah, I'm fantastic. I feel uh, I feel so professional now with this new microphone. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you sound fantastic, Jay. Uh, and thanks for joining us, of course, on Dark Fringe Radio. Uh, and uh, uh, Jay, I wanted to kind of uh, introduce some of the new listeners if they wanted to listen to maybe some of our older episodes and wanted to hear more of us. Where could they go ahead and do that? Well, if you're looking for the audio version of us, if you only want us in your ears and not in your eyeballs. Then you would go anywhere you get your podcast. You can go to Stitcher. You can go to Spotify. You can go to iHeartRadio. You can go to Google. You can go to uh, any of them. Anywhere you would find podcasts. But if you would like to see our punums, if you would like to see these gorgeous faces also go. uh, rejoice <laughs> you with funny tales of their stupidity from Boynton and Ocean Ridge, uh, then you would go <laughs> find us at either YouTube. Please go there. Uh, like, rate, review. Lots of reviews, lots of feedback helps us grow, helps us uh, get in those algorithms, also helps us provide right. better content for you. Or if you want to just go straight to the spigot, get the source where it's most purest. If you want that honey right out of the tree, mm-hmm. then you go mm-hmm. to darkfringe.com and there you can get all of our episodes. You can see videos, you can see our reels from our social media, and you can also get merchandise, 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 Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, that's right. Uh, darkfringeradio.com. Make sure you go there. That's where you can get, like Jay said, the source for everything Dark Fringe Radio. And, of course, merchandise. We've got the Mustafli's T-shirt. I know. I still got to get you yours, Jay. You're, you're what, a large, Jay? Oh, fuck you. Large. No, what are you, a medium? Five, what five, are you? Five, three, I'm 140 pounds. Well, I don't know. You got some... You're a broad-shouldered motherfucker. What do you want me to say? I'm, I'm a child's husky at best. No, I'm medium usually. <laughs> all right. Got you, bro. Got you. All right. So, uh, all right. So, well, tonight, uh, we actually have a very special guest. His name is Andy Jang. We're going to be talking about, um, you know, we did a quick interview with him about his podcast called Hidden Stories. A really fascinating guy. 
um, really getting into the podcast game. I really want to start kind of like helping out new guys that are coming into the to, to the game here, Jay, that actually have really good podcasts. And this guy really does have a good podcast. Uh, he does very short form uh, type of podcast, maybe 20, 25 minutes at most. Uh, just in and out, boom, boom, boom. He tells you the story and he's out. So I, and I like that, that setup. Um, his name is Andy Jang. We're going to be talking to him in a little bit here. But first, we got to get into a lot of the other stuff. Of course, a lot of the bells and whistles, uh, which brings us to, of course, Dark Fringe News, Jay. And uh, first thing we wanted to talk about, there it is. We're tapping in. And uh, I, I apologize for to everyone, first off, for being very so UFO-centric when it comes to our Dark Fringe News. But it's not my fault. It's just the stuff that's been coming out lately. I can't help it. It's just what's going on. And this week, Jay, it got even worse. There's a guy, a UFL bombshell intelligence whistleblower, says that the feds have intact craft that they've, uh, you know, picked up throughout the years. Uh, not only does he say that there's intact craft, um, he says that there have been bodies also that have been recovered uh, from this uh, these crafts that uh, have either crashed or have been shot down uh, by us. So, uh, Jay, let me get into the story here. A whistleblower who served in the U.S. military, so this is a very high-level official. This is not somebody just saying, Oh, yeah, I was a janitor at, uh, you know, Area 51, and I saw a couple craft, you know, while I was doing some mopping. No, this guy has a very high clearance. So uh, who served in the U.S. military and served in several intelligence roles say that says that the federal government has multiple craft of non-human origin, non-human origin, of course, being the quote unquote, and have been working to uh, overtime to cover it up. He says that there have been uh, retrieving non-human origin technical vehicles, uh, call it spacecraft, if you will, uh, non-human exotic origin uh, origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed, David Gresh told uh, News Nation on Monday evening, and has been working overtime to cover it up, they say. Uh, There has uh, also been retrieving non-human origin technical vehicles, call it spacecraft, but um, again, he's saying that They've found just more than vehicles, Jay. Uh, they've found bodies. Um, you know, they say when, of course, you find usually a craft that's crash landed, you're also going to find whatever it was that was uh, navigating. Whatever it, was course. driving it when it crashed. Exactly, Jay. Uh, so now, earlier the in the day, question, William, go ahead, Jay. Question. Did yeah? any of them have a green ring on? <laughs> I don't know, Jay. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, it's a very friends. That's friends. Yeah. Careful out there. There might be a test pilot who suddenly yeah. has a ring that will uh, make all of his constructs uh, from his mind as long as he has confidence. Reality. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Jay, earlier in the day, the Deep Reef uh, reported that Grush had told both the Congress and the U.S. Inspector General that this information was illegally withheld from lawmakers who have recently held hearings on UFO activity. Uh, the U.S. Uh, military now prefers acronym UAP, which is Unidentified aerial phenomena, uh, or unidentified, uh, excuse me, unidentified anomalous phenomena. I mean, the same fucking shit if you ask me. But Grush, who saw combat in Afghanistan, served in several roles in U.S. intelligence community, was uh, the national told the National uh, Reconnaissance Office representative to the U.F. task force that the debrief that the U.S. government and its contractors have been retrieving materials. For decades, Jay. Uh, the materials includes intact and partially intact vehicles, 
which he told the website, uh, which were objects were analyzed and determined to be from non-human intelligence, whether extraterrestrial or of an unknown origin, Jay. Uh, he said that he already is facing retaliation and has hired an attorney and seeks a whistleblower protection. Uh, Gresh told uh, News Nation that he is not alone. He says that people have started to confide in me, quote-unquote, approach me, and I have plenty of senior former intelligence officers that have come to me, many of which that I almost in my whole career that I've confided in me that are part of my program, he said. Gresh's claim is backed by reports from others, including a defense contractor who the New York Times reported in 2020 had debriefed the Defense Department officials on a range of discoveries such as items retrieved from off-world vehicles not made of Earth. It also comes with this, uh, you know, period of time here, Jay, where you know we're starting to see a lot of uh, this stuff come out. I mean, and now we're starting to have whistleblowers. Like, yeah, uh, you know, had this happened 10, 15 years ago, we'd all be like, "Oh my God, it's Independence Day, bro! <laughs> Somebody get Will Smith, quick!" Right. But now yeah, it's yeah. uh, it's not like that. It, it, we're all kind of like, "Oh, all right." Like you telling yeah. me that they have craft and bodies. I mean, am I really that surprised? No, I mean, really. I mean, maybe she... if they if they put it in a glass case, right, and wheeled it through the streets, it yeah. would give up some shock and all. But uh, right, once this when it's declassified in, in documents, and uh, and then you find out that it's kind of been going on for a long time, and the government's been hiding it from the government, then really all you could do is shake your head and be like, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Jay. Now you have this whistleblower coming out. He's a high-ranking official in the U.S. intelligence community. He's not just some layman who, you know, uh, you know, just claiming wild things out there. You know, this guy would have firsthand knowledge of, of things of such sort. At this point, can you defend it? Like saying, oh, there's no such thing as aliens, no such thing as, as, as UFOs uh, well, at okay. this point. It, it, it depends on how skeptical one wants to be. Right. Right. If someone really wants to deny that those things exist until one's standing directly in front of them, then no matter what you mm-hmm. put in front of them, unless it is an actual little green Martian man with those little ears saying, I am here to take over, then <laughs> they're not gonna or what is I'm here in the name of Mars. Yeah, uh, whatever yeah, yeah. the Martian used to say, I can't remember now. <laughs> uh, but unless it's there in front of them, they're never gonna believe it, they're never gonna accept it, and they're so to hear that a high-level official, one could very easily make the argument without actually doing any research to say, all right, so he was in a high-level, very stressful job. I mean, PTSD has done some has been proven to really trick you in your mind and your lack of reality. So it, you could make the argument that someone at that level who has been dealing with those kinds of stresses for so long, you might want to question just really how together all of their faculties are and really just how organized their, their brain act- activity is. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not shocked. I mean, if, if it turned out that he was a kook, I wouldn't be shocked by that either. Uh, <laughs> fair, right? No, no, I, I get it. I, think I believe we have yeah. evidence. I believe that we have things that we aren't that the government isn't telling us about. I believe the government is lying to the government about it because that's just what the that's what it does. seems like. Yeah, I mean, that's what it seems like at this point, Jay. I mean, um, and and you know, it, it ties into our next uh, story for uh, uh, Dark Fringe News, which we'll, we'll get into in a second, but. You know, now we're getting into a really weird place here, Jay, because now we're starting to inch forward now. We're starting to inch forward more. Yeah, yeah. We're starting kind of like to, okay, now there's supposed craft, now there's supposed beings that we've picked up 
what's the next step? What's the next step after that? What's the next step after that? You know what I mean? There's always going to be a progression. It's not going to go backwards. They're not going to say all of a sudden, oh, all that stuff that we caught? Yeah, no, that was all bullshit. No, it's not going to be that. No, no, no. They're going to keep doing like what they're doing. It's just like a soft opening in a retail store. (laughs) Like you just, you're driving down and suddenly you turn around and go, I didn't realize there was a fucking Dillard's there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, where did that pop up all of a sudden, right? Weird. (laughs) And that's yeah. pretty much what it's going to be like. We have a little here, a little there. I mean, at yeah. this point, again, the next thing, there'll be some visual evidence. Right now, it's all script. It's all people who are elbows kind of deep into this thing to understand it or to, or to be open and receptive to it. So it's still a really easy, manageable portion of the population to kind of keep within within those understandings. Most people would think that the stuff we are talking about is kind of crazy. Uh, and we've made incredible progress in just the five years we've been on the air. It's amazing, um, right? At the beginning of the five years, we were crazy. But now we're talking about, oh, yeah, there's, yeah, we found craft. <laughs> My point, right? Right. So our small, our small, our small niche of people who kind of are like-minded and say, it would be silly of us to think that there's not anybody else. And then the next level is, right. are they capable of traveling the distance in which they've got to travel in? I'm not smart enough to say they can or can't. Uh, mm-hmm. And yes, until I have an alien in front of me, it will be hard to really defend my position. Uh, I just, with my with the track record in which I've seen from my own personal studies in my life, uh, you cannot trust the government. So if the government says they do not exist, yeah, you take out the you can't throw the line. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Jay, let's let's think about this in another uh, capacity. Let's look at the flip side of the coin of this. So you have this guy who's supposedly a high-ranking intelligence, yeah, high-ranking intelligence, you know, officer, right, of the the U.S. military, Mm -hmm. supposedly comes out and says all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Is this a miss, you know, maybe a kind of like guided thing that maybe they're trying to show you something here to kind of not show you something else that's going on? And the other thing, usually, what what I'm alluding to here, Jay, I'm not trying to be around the bush. Are they coming out with shit like this to hide something else that they're doing on the other side? Did you did you hear that Trump was indicted today? Oh yeah, that happened. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, of course that's what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Gee, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Yeah. What kind of major thing should we be thinking about? I don't know. The environment and how our entire economy is built to collapse it. Should we be yeah. talking about uh, overpopulation, lack of resources? As it is and, that we're burning through infrastructure really, really quickly. Uh, should yeah. we talk about the the weather? Should we talk about global warming? Should we talk about any of those things? Should we talk about the fact that there's someone out there swinging his big nuclear dick for lack of uh, subtleties? No. Yeah, bro, we got yeah. alien. We got alien spacecraft. Isn't that cool, guys? That's yeah. great. <laughs> Check that out, right? <laughs> Check that out. Listen, well, this crazy old man. This crazy old man. Mm-hmm. It's going to tell you some stuff, and there's going to be some some letters and things that look questionable. But is there? I right. don't know. That's for you guys to debate. You guys talk yeah. amongst yourself. I'll be over here taking your money. Right, just like how right before nine uh, eleven happened, uh, Donald Rumsfeld said there was uh, three trillion dollars that were missing from uh, the the I think it was the Treasury. They don't know where it happened. And next thing you know, nine eleven happens. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing right people don't remember that but that that happened uh, but it's crazy i remember it. well jay uh yeah I, I, again you know I, I apologize for the 
UFO-centric stuff, but I mean, it just keeps happening. I'm sorry, guys. Which brings me to the next step. Dory, uh, police uh, body cam films UFO response to scared locals seeing aliens in yard, Jay. <laughs> so now we're starting to get to, to the visual stuff here. All right, let's 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 get into this one. Let's America see. Southwest is, of course, a hot spot of paranormal activity, as we all know, Jay. Uh, there's, of course, the area, you know, Secret Area 51, uh, which is, you know, center of Roswell and all that stuff in New Mexico. Um, but what happened a couple of weeks ago might list the top of, you know, really strange things that happened uh, in that area. On April 30th, just before midnight, a Las Vegas Metro police officer's body camera captured something streaking across the night sky, seemingly falling to earth. He wasn't the only one either, though. Uh, people in California, Nevada, and Utah all saw a flash, according to the American Meteor uh, Society. Normally, this wouldn't be too big of a deal, Jay, but likely uh, just a piece of, you know, space junk or meteorite that, you know, soon after just broke off and, you know, came to Earth and fell apart, whatever. But, you know, the Las Vegas PD got a little 911 call, 911 call from residents reporting something crashed into their backyard and that two very large creatures were standing out there by it. So 8 News Now got the recordings uh, from that call and they're chilling, to say the least. And they're on our podcast website, of course. Uh, darkprintradio.com, and in it, you hear the caller tell dispatcher something crashed, and now there's like an eight-foot person standing beside it, and another one is inside and has big eyes, and it's looking at us, and they're still here. Uh, Then they added, I swear to God, this is not a joke. This is actually something that's going on, and we're terrified. And um, as for more of a description, the caller said that they're large, they're about eight foot, nine feet, ten feet, maybe. Uh, they look like aliens to us. Big eyes. They have big eyes, and like I can't explain it. And a big mouth, like shiny eyes, and they're not human. They're definitely a hundred percent not human. Uh, that's what he says. And even police uh, were anxious to respond to the body cam footage. Picks up one officer saying, "I'm so nervous right now. I have butterflies, bro. I saw a shooting star, and now there's these people saying that there's aliens in their backyard. That's what these these cops are saying." So, um, yeah, Jay, uh, you know, the uh, the bug-eyed people crash landing in people's backyard with and shiny mouths. say, hey, yeah, yeah, with shiny mouths. And, yeah, you got a pretty mouth. Yeah, pretty mouth, boy. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it goes into what, what's going on lately, Jay. I mean, it, it seems to be ramping up. It seems to be a huge ramp up right now. Last couple years, but this year more especially. Well, again, you, you're taking that every everything into account that's going on. Um, the world has never been more divided. Um, mm-hmm. We've never been more uh, stuck in our own echo chambers. We have never been more skeptical of the other side. And we have never, ever been so untrustworthy, untrusting of what we, of what surrounds us that mm-hmm. I think the population as a whole is a little bit more open and willing to it. So the more open we are to it, the more we're going to hear these things, the more we hear these things, the more they're going to grow. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not saying that they aren't, you know, there's, there's some video and, and whatnot footage. Yeah. I think just like anything else, it, it's a numbers game. And as our numbers increase, <laughs> these things will eventually happen if they haven't already started happening now. No, exactly. Well, Jay, uh, that's a good wrap up for Dark Fringe News. Uh, you know, again, I apologize for the very UFO alien eccentric uh, Dark Fringe News as of late, but just can't seem to uh, escape it at this point, Jay. 
Um, but uh, that's it is what it is. Th- which brings us to our next topic. Yes, they're out there. Our next topic here for tonight, Jay. What the f, Florida man? A Florida man. A Florida man. A Florida man. Now to the town of Sefner, Florida, near Tampa, where last night the earth opened up as it does increasingly, and this time it swallowed a 37-year-old man as he slept in his home. A man accused of destroying a liquor store in Okaloosa County told police he was in Alice in Wonderland. Matthew Horace Jones also said a caterpillar smoking a hookah told him to do it. A man calls 911 while Collier County Sheriff's deputies are chasing him, and he says... Donald Trump, our president, is his personal friend, a close one at that. A Lake Worth man is uh, not too happy. He's accused of getting violent when waiters at a restaurant told him they weren't giving away free pizza. Covering Florida this morning, a Key West man is behind bars. Investigators say he was caught with a large amount of cocaine hidden in this Cookie Monster doll. Holy shit, man! For those that don't know uh, this segment or are unfamiliar with the segment, Jay... uh, scours the internet and uh, looks for one of the craziest stories that comes out of our state of Florida. So what do you have for tonight, Jay, for what the F Florida man? I did not. I did. I spent, I spent weeks looking <laughs> for this. I did not weeks. find it at eight fifty five right before we came on. <laughs> Florida man charged for throwing a hot dog at St. Oh. Pete police officer. Wow. He threw a wiener at an officer. <laughs> He's just trying to throw around some meat. Yeah, there you go. Slag it's a meat, huh? <laughs> he just said, he said, hey, pig, nice yeah. to meet ya. Hey, here's a wiener. <laughs> so St. Petersburg. Oh, uh, here's my wiener. St. Petersburg, Florida, which is around the Tampa area, for those that are not familiar. Uh, Jay, uh, sure get into a little bit. Yeah, get into the story here. Newport Richie Man was arrested on a felony charge Saturday after authorities say he threw a hot dog at an officer who was warning him of violating a city ordinance and arresting him uh, without documents. <laughs> oh, wow. Officer said Jason Stoll, 47, of Newport Ritchie, ignored the warnings and continued to sell hot dogs on the roadway Saturday around 12 a.m. Hmm. Uh, all right, so pimp this. Homie's standing there in the median at midnight going, midnight. you want my hot dog? Yeah, that doesn't I'll seem... you my hot yeah. dog. Yeah, it seems like he was selling something else, but go ahead. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Ain't no meat between these bones, lady. There you go. uh, Stoll then became extremely upset before he intentionally threw the hot dog at the officer, documents say. The officer uh, was in full police uniform at the time of the incident. Stoll is charged with battery on a law enforcement officer, resisting an officer without violence. Oh, how did he resist without violence? (laughs) If convicted, chucking that little piece of of penis looked like meat. At yeah. that cop is going to cost him three years. No way. Are you kidding me? There's child molesters out there to get less time than that. I know. That is so because fucked our up. values in this country are all Free, free, Mr. Stoll. Free that guy. That's what yeah. we need to start. Is this guy still know. in jail? Listen, listen. He threw, threw a wiener at a cop. Throw a different kind of wiener. You shouldn't be throwing any kind of wiener. Oh, yeah, I get it. Okay? I get it. Yeah. They both should just be locked up. Mm-hmm. And and locked away where their wieners can be kept to themselves. Yeah, well, that's what happens, man. You catch the heat when you sling in that meat. <laughs> I don't know what else to say there, Jay, but he caught it. <laughs> uh, we can go ahead and leave him squeaking from the freaking body. Oh. <laughs> okay. Leave him oinking Jay. from the boinking. 
Yeah, there's Jake. How's that with the other feeling ones? From the feeling. <laughs> from the ceiling. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. What a story. Oh, yeah. I mean, he could face up to three years. So that's the crazy part. You know what I mean? I get. I know. I know. Yeah. What was the hot dog going to do? You know. Who hasn't been? Who hasn't smoked a little of the Mary J? Okay. (laughs) And thought, you know, what really hit the spot? Hot dogs. Go get like twenty hot dogs. You realize it's a lot of hot dogs. You should share with your friends on the median. And then some some authoritarian comes over and tries to make you tell you that you can't be selling your extra hot dogs. Well, fuck you. This is America, guy. Yeah, I'm gonna smack you in the face with my wiener. Ask me about my wiener. Oh, what a great story, Jay, for what the Florida man. Oh, man. Again, I'm not surprised. For those that don't live in Florida, don't be just when you hear these stories, don't be like, oh, my God, that's just crazy. This is Florida. That's Florida. Exactly. That's Florida. That happens any day of the week here. But anyways, thank you, Jay, for what the F Florida man. Really appreciate that. That's a great story, Um, which is going to bring us to our interview here with Angie. Jang from Hidden Stories. We hope you uh, enjoy this interview with Andy Jang, and uh, we'll be back here in a second with our guest. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us on another edition of Dark Fringe Radio, your number one source for the paranormal, conspiracy theory, and true crime. Thank you so much for joining us, of course, on another adventure. And tonight we have a very special guest. Uh, His name is Andy Jang. He is the host of a podcast that just came out in April called hidden stories and its show is really um it really shows different uh stories of everyday people basically what it is and uh, it really uncovers fascinating unexpected personalities perspectives on life love and everything in between as one of the internet's most popular storytellers andy has amassed a robust following across his platforms for more than 3.6 million followers on tiktok and another 1.3 million on YouTube alone. So, uh, yeah, you're you're really killing it out there, my friend. And uh, he shares the stories about everyone, from the first doctor to perform a C-section, to people who have actually been struck by lightning and had lived to tell the tale, of course. He has a unique talent for making even the most mundane stories come to life with vivid detail and emotion, and his authenticity and relatable nature has made him a trusted voice in the overcrowded social media landscape. Please welcome our guest tonight, Mr. Andy Jang. Andy, thanks for coming on Dark Fringe Radio, my friend. Thanks for having me. Awesome, my friend. Yeah, man. Listen, I, you know, uh, your publicist, you know, reached out to me and um, I started checking out your show. I love what you're doing there. Uh, You started it in April. Tell us a little bit about the show. What got you inspired to do it and and so on? Yeah, yeah. So the, I guess the very start of the show, the the seed, uh, if you will, came really from way back when and when I was in elementary school middle school and I just started in my free time I was online I was like doing random stuff and I was coming across these random stories and facts that would be on either YouTube videos or these online websites forums like reddit and I used to like back in the day go on down these rabbit holes for like hours upon hours upon hours and I guess over quarantine when basically um for a bit more context I had a bet made by my friend who was one of my close friends in high school, still one of my close friends. And mm-hmm. he told me, he said, you know, TikTok's popping off right now. Uh, there's a lot of people getting on there, you know, creating, blowing up. And I'll bet you $20 if you can just go on TikTok, start posting videos and you get a thousand followers in a week. And, mm-hmm. 
the, the reason he targeted me was because back then I had no social media platforms. I, I had an Instagram, but it was like, no, no profile picture. There wasn't really anything on it, no posts. So I was like sort of chronically offline. And he was like, oh, just post. And if you hit a thousand followers, I'll give you 20 bucks. And I was thinking, okay, you know, normally if it was other circumstances or in school, for example, I would probably have said no. But since it right. was over quarantine, it was just so bored. I had nothing else to do. <laughs> so I, I just, yeah, I did it. And that it's crazy to think about, but that, that was the entire start of my channel. Wow. And when I was sort of experimenting with niches, just while trying mm -hmm. to get these a thousand followers and after that, which I did, mm -hmm. I did hit that a thousand followers in that seven days just by like posting a bunch of random stuff. But when I was trying to really like hunker down and create niches to really like, I guess, get more followers, more views, I eventually mm -hmm. stumbled across stories because that's something I'd always been really interested in, in the past. So when I came to that idea, I was like, wait, I have these stories I've heard of in the past, these really, really interesting, almost like unreal stories that you would <laughs> never expect would be real life. Mm -hmm. Why would I not share them? I feel like everyone, it's such like an interesting thing that a lot of people would be interested in. So I started with that and I got really lucky. My first story ever that I told blew up. It got massive views. And that's what kind of got me started for the story side of social media. So I started posting more, telling stories, telling, uh, improving the storytelling, getting into longer form, getting into podcasting. And today, the, the main focus, if we're going to go from then all the way to now, is mm -hmm. to just, as you mentioned at the beginning, share stories that sort of maybe aren't as mainstream, aren't as known, and just be able to tell stories in a way that really like demonstrates all the unique and really, really diverse experiences and things that people all across the world go through. So just humans as a, in general, like all these crazy experiences that you would never anticipate and imagine. So it's really cool to be able to do that because while doing the research for a lot of the videos that I do make, it just blows my mind, like on this earth, how many different diverse experiences, diverse people, diverse areas. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's a great uh, niche and it's a great thing to actually get into because people love just stories of other people and yeah. people are always fascinated by, you know, of course, stories of, you know, things that, like you said, are close to like, is that true? Or is that you like, you start to question, you know, like, you know, wow, that's so like unthinkable, but yeah, these, these, these stories are true. And, you know, um, Andy, of course, you know, you tell these stories and, you know, is there anyone that you've been like completely blown back by, like anyone in particular that, you know, after you've done like this, you know, I've done over, you know, me and my partner here um, on our podcast, we've done a, a lot of episodes and some of these episodes that we do, we just sit back and we're just like, man, that's crazy that we just, you know, covered that. That's doesn't even seem right. But has there been one story so far that that kind of sticks out to you? If you're saying one story, man, I that, that's hard. There, I feel like all of them are just mm -hmm. really, really, really interesting. And honestly, I could choose the very last story I covered. And that could be one that could be considered the story because I feel like every story that I, I end up doing for long form video, um, especially could be considered just so like earth shattering because none of them I've ever like expected could happen. But mm -hmm. the last video I covered or the video that I'm covering now, which will be live in a week, um, is about this man. His name is Frederic Bourdain. Uh, he's a French dude. And when I first came across the story, the, the one thing that was told um, to me about this guy on the forum, I found like the headline that was like sort of like hook was mm -hmm. man in the man impersonates missing child. 
So that immediately <laughs> caught my attention. I was like, huh, yeah. why, why, why would someone go out of their way to impersonate being a missing child? So that was really interesting. And then I dove down the rabbit hole and wow, this dude, Frederick, he, in his career, um, he, he said this, this is, uh, I think something he said, but he's impersonated more than 500 different people. And he does so because for, I guess, for the context, he had a very rough childhood, a lot of trauma, and basically he never had a childhood where he was like having fun with friends, you know, not a worry in the world. And when he grew older, when he was like teenagers, maybe like 20, 21, 22, he was thinking, okay, like I need to find a way to like live my childhood. I feel like this has been taken away from me. I need to, I need to get this back. So he started impersonating children actually missing children after wow. a few run-ins with the law where he like created fake identities for himself as in like fake children identities but mm -hmm. at one point he realized that wasn't effective enough so he actually started impersonating missing children in real life and it went mm -hmm. to the extent that he managed to successfully impersonate someone who had been missing for around three years in the u.s and the family of that missing child invited him in and totally believed that he was their son because this, he, he came in and he was like, oh, I'm your missing kid. And I mean, common sense dictates that every parent, every like sister, every brother would be like, oh, I know my kid. Like this, this is not my kid. But mm -hmm. that missing child who was around 13 had been gone for three years. And since Frederick was very, very similar, he was just like, he resembled the child just enough to be able to pull off and say, oh, you know, in those three years, I've changed a lot. I've gone through a lot of different physical uh, changes. He was mm -hmm. able to actually successfully live with his family under the assumption that he was their kid for five months, which is just <laughs> ridiculous. And then wow. um, a private investigator came and they, they they were like, wait, like the details aren't adding up. And he got caught and he was sent to prison. But he's done that a couple of times. Um, I think at least missing children four times. The mm -hmm. identities of just people he fabricated in his mind, uh, 500, well over 500 from his own account. Wow. So very, very That's interesting. Yeah, that's um, absolutely remarkable. I mean, somebody who's able to do that, I mean, kind of makes you maybe think that maybe he had some type of, you know, DID, you know, dissociative, uh, you oh, know, yeah. identity disorder. That was you know? one of my first thoughts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what it sounds like to me as soon as you said that. I was like, man, because I mean, I I think I'm pretty smart, but I don't think I could pull off 500. Oh, <laughs> no. You yeah. know what I mean? That's a lot, you know, and you yeah. have to have like maybe some type of psychosis to be able to do something like that. But, oh, yeah. Man, oh, yeah. Yeah. What a fascinating story. Um, Andy, I mean, these these stories are so unbelievable, but I know that you do also cover some of the paranormal as well. Is that correct? A little bit. Yeah. Paranormal, I would say less so, more so like mysteries and mm -hmm. um, not not exactly true crime, but just bizarre stories of that sort. Mm -hmm. OK, can you give us an example of something like that that you've covered? Uh, paranormal or the bizarre? Yeah. The bizarre. Yeah. The bizarre. Yeah. So bizarre, I guess. What is what is your definition of bizarre? Because I'm going off of a definition of just like again like very very unreal stories that you wouldn't believe normally that would that would that would you know work for me yeah definitely okay yeah great yeah so a bizarre story i can say another one that i covered recently um the case of bobby dunbar have you have you heard of that one no i have not no yeah bobby dunbar he was this kid um from louisiana and uh he basically when he was on a trip with his family a fishing trip to this lake he i think it was called swayze lake 
he went missing on this trip and it was just really crazy. It was just one second he was there, another second he wasn't there. It's like this five-year-old kid. And there was this massive, massive, massive search that was launched. They, everyone, all the cops came, all the hunting dogs, everyone came to try to find this kid and they couldn't find him. And which was really crazy because he literally was there and then he just wasn't. It was like right. a split second thing. He was just gone. So um, a couple months go by, like nine months go by and no sign of this guy, no evidence. And the cops are like, oh, he's gone. Like he must have like either fallen into the lake and drowned or an alligator must have gone to him. But what's crazy is that around 10 months after the disappearance, Bobby Dunbar was or someone in um, um, a part of the U.S. outside of Louisiana called in and called a tip to the police and said, oh, we found a kid that looks very similar to Bobby Dunbar. And uh, the people who, um, his parents obviously were shocked. They, they, they had assumed he was dead, their son was dead, but they came and they looked at the boy. They were like, oh, is this my kid? They wanted to come and check. And although at the very beginning, when they first saw the kid, they immediately, their first reaction and instinct was, this is not my son. He looks nothing like my son. I guess through either like their extreme grief or trauma, at a certain point, they actually convinced themselves that this boy was their son. Because it was everyone else was saying, I mean, he looks like your boy. He, he, you know, he has like the same identifying features. Like he had a mole in the right spot. He had like different like physical features that aligned. And they actually just took this boy again, um, also similar to the last story, actually. But they took this boy and said, okay, this is my son now. And he lived with them for his entire life, even though there was a woman out there named Julia who well, was very adamant that they had just stolen her son from her and that it was her son. But since Julia was lower class, uh, lower class citizen who wasn't very um, affluent, she couldn't afford lawyers. So she actually just had her son stolen from her. And mm. about a, a century later, when uh, DNA evidence could be used to check to see who this person was, whether it was Bobby Dunbar, they realized that no, the Julia, Julia was actually right. The, the other family, Bobby Dunbar's family, had stolen her son and mm. raised him as Bobby Dunbar for his entire life without knowing it. And wow. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. What a crazy story. I mean, just the twists and turns in that alone are just mind boggling. I mean, how how could you even, you know, wrap your head around that? It's so that's so crazy. I mean, oh, yeah. I, and to be that kid and then go back into that family and then the family. I mean, how do you even process all that stuff? I don't even know. Uh, I mean, um, do you find a common thread, Andy, in all these stories? I mean, that you've covered so far. Is there something that is there a commonality to these stories that to, that you find at all? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I realized I realized this um through I guess just researching some of the more stories that are uh people who end up in prison for example on the darker end but what happens is a lot of the time you have someone who goes and for example like starts stealing a bunch of art or starts um impersonating missing children or ends up in jail at one point or another in their life. When I have a story like that, almost always at the very beginning of their life you can trace their later what happens later in their life, their misgivings, their their their, their like faults and um the stuff the the things that they do that are wrong to incidents at the beginning of their childhood that were either traumatic or things that they were uh, not allowed to have in their childhood or poor parenting. And almost every time I have a story like this, it's very, very similar, almost to the extent that I feel like every story of mine starts the same way, where it's like I'm talking about like this child having this really traumatic childhood. And then that's what ends up culminating in people going out and committing like horrible acts. So mm -hmm. 
it, it is really interesting because again, that that raises the conversation of whether people actually are at fault for for doing all these horrible things because they're raised in these communities Conditions. and environments that yeah. basically that basically encourages them to do these things and actually um just creates that it, it it forces their brain to develop in a certain way that just i don't know it's just it's always been really interesting to me to see that all these like experiences are very very similar and then go on to lead to very similar experiences afterwards Right. Yeah. It seems like, yeah, it's the environment, of course, that, you know, that kind of bruised the whole thing, really, in, in the aspect, you know, when you look back at it, it's that's what the, the number one key ingredient to the whole thing, you know, what it seems oh, like, yeah. you know. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. Um, Andy, you know, as your background as a storyteller, you know, your approach to podcasting, I love because, you know, you just, you know, bang, tell a story just like that. You know what I mean? What um, what inspired you? What uh, what maybe what story when. I know as a, you were a researcher first and then you got into it, what were maybe the, some of the first stories that you encountered that really sparked your interest in getting into this field? Mm, that's a good question. Stories. Ah, there's a lot. Um, I, know so very, many I know the very first story I, I, I told on my channel could be a great example of this. Um, this was all the way back in 2020 or quarantine. And this story was about this guy and this is actually the first story I, I was talking about earlier that just blew up and caused me to, you know, just take this niche and say, OK, this is very viable. There's definitely people who are interested in stories. I can continue mm -hmm. telling stories and maybe even turn this into something I can just do for a living. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, the story was about this man. It was this old man who was suffering from terminal cancer, stage four cancer. He goes into the doctor. The doctor tells him you have something like a couple weeks to live, maybe like a month to live. And this old man who's like in his 70s, you know, he's already very debilitated. He's gone through months of chemo at this point. And he's now been informed that he's going to die and that there's nothing anyone can do about it. He wants mm -hmm. to, he went back home and he was thinking and he realized that he wanted to do something for his community in order to sort of leave a legacy behind before he died. Mm -hmm. So he wanted to go out and do something for the community. And when he thought about what mattered the most to him, since he was a very religious man, he decided he was going to go out and just paint a local church until he just couldn't anymore. And then that would be the final thing he would leave behind after his death. So he went and even though he was, again, just really, really struggling physically and mentally from all the pain he was going through and all the, 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 the chemotherapy wearing down on his body, he just goes out and just sits out there in the like boiling sun and just starts painting the church by hand by himself. And wow. he does this for day on day on day for around a couple of weeks. And to a surprise, as he kept doing this, it actually, he realized that he wasn't feeling more fatigued. He wasn't feeling worse as time went on. He realized that he was actually feeling healthier. He was feeling stronger, which was really interesting because doctors had told him that he was going to die soon. So after a month had gone by and this, this old man was still out there kicking and he was feeling greater than he was feeling better than he had in uh, a year almost. He goes back to his doctor to see like what the heck is going on. And his doctor does, does a quick scan on his tumor and it realizes miraculously the tumor is just gone. It's just like it's it's shrunk, it's shrunken enough so that the, the cancer has gone into remission. And <laughs> the science behind it, because yeah, there's obviously science behind it, is that he had chemotherapy in the past. And I guess sometimes the chemo takes a, a longer to actually kick in. But even though he wasn't on chemo during that during the past month where he had been painting the, the church, the chemo kicked in late and actually basically just 
killed all the cancer cells in that area. So he had a sort of like late recovery, a late, late effect. And he just recovered entirely from the, 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 the cancer, even though he'd been told that he had a month to live. And that story made the news and back, back, back in like at least a decade ago, I'm assuming, because I heard about that way back when. So right. when I, I was thinking about stories to cover for my first story ever, when I was doing storytelling um, as a niche, thinking about that, that was one of the main stories that came to my head immediately. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay, I have to go tell this one because this one is just one that has always stuck in my mind. So yeah, yeah I think that that's a good example. Yeah, no, that's a great example. I mean, yeah, that story alone, that's just wild. I mean, you know, we've covered a lot of stories like that in our podcast. I mean, let me give you an example. There was this yeah, one. We, yeah, there was one called The Man from Torrid. And um, um, have you heard about this at all? I think I have. I think okay. I have. <clears throat> so there's this guy <laughs> that is traveling in, I believe, the Middle East. And yeah. so he um, has a passport and he gets stopped, of course, through customs. And then they check his passport and... Um, you know, some kind of ruckus happens and then he ends up just disappearing, like flat out disappearing from customs. Like he was in customs and he's just gone. And then when they look at his passport, they, they, it looks, it's, it's like a passport from a place that nobody even doesn't even exist. It's called Torrid. Mm. And so people think that he may be a time traveler that came, you know, that, you know, was able to come back and forth and yeah. because they can't find this place, but there's a passport you know, and this guy just automatically just disappears out of nowhere. So yeah. it, such is the legend of the man of, from Torrid. But yeah, stuff like that. I love stuff, you know, yeah. stories like that. I mean, you know, whether it's true or not, you're just like, oh, man, you know, just <laughs> it gets you thinking. You know what I mean? It really does yeah, get you yeah. thinking about, you know, what are the possibilities, you know, out there? You know, what I mean, we exactly. just covered a, another guy um, in our last podcast. Excuse me. Um, Joe Greenstein. And um mm. He's known as the Mighty Adam, and he was like around in the 19, I'd say 50s and 60s. He got popular, but he was a man who did feats of strength that was a, I mean, able to do things that you would never imagine. I mean, he was able to take a horseshoe and bend it in every way that you wanted. He's like, okay, what kind of, hmm. what kind of like, which way do you want me to bend it? You want oh to make a God. question mark? Yeah, like stuff like, and this guy was 130 pounds, five oh foot five. God. So, I mean, no, no big guy, you know what I mean? Not at all. But supposedly he was able to use the power of his mind to manipulate uh, things. And he says, yeah, I just become one with the object and I'm able to manipulate it. And I just, I'm able to do things. He wow. supposedly was able to hold a airplane as it's trying to take off with his hair. <laughs> <laughs> so they tied it. Oh, they, they tied a rope to his hair and they tied the rope to the airplane and he actually stopped it from taking off. For most people, off. yeah, for most people, their scalp would have been ripped off. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but with this guy, you know, he just had this some kind of thing, man, you know? And I guess, just, yeah, I mean, he had to. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's just, again, you know, we run into these stories that, you know, you're, you, you listen to, you're like, man, that just is not possible. But these yeah. people do exist. There's people out there that have actually, exactly. you know, yeah. you know, experienced these things and done these things. But um, Andy, you being a storyteller, I, I'm being a storyteller. I love listening to other stories and getting ideas, right? Yes. So where do I get a lot of my stories from is from family. Do mm. you get a lot of, um, you know, some of your stories from family? I mean, do you source any of those yet? Have you gone to that, to that well yet to, you know, maybe ask them, Hey, wow. tell me some stuff, you know? Yeah. Actually, 
now that you mention it, I, I get, I get, it's probably different from you, but I get stories from, for example, my, my family's from China. So mm -hmm. they, they, they know all like the old, like Chinese history, mm -hmm. Chinese, um, very, very, very interesting stories from all the way back when, but these mm -hmm. stories that they know, they're often not going to be covered on English American websites. Right. So if you were to go on Reddit, for example, I wouldn't find them most of the time. Mm -hmm. And my, my family has actually told me a couple that I've been able to incorporate into videos, just really oh, okay. stuff. But for other other um, stories, as in just most of the stories I cover on a daily basis, no, I don't think family. That That's really interesting, though. Just like yeah. you ask them or it just comes up in convo? Just combo in conversation. You know what I mean? You just start wow. asking questions about, hey, wow. you know, tell me about when you were growing up. Anything, you know, anything interesting happened to you when you grew up? You know, yeah. do you remember anything of significance? You know what I mean? And, you know, wow. and then all of a sudden they'll just like, oh, no, you know, that's you. the first the first response is, oh, no, you know, I had a normal child, everything, you know, and then they start thinking about it. And then you see the the you see the, the wheels turning in their head. And then it's yeah. so funny because then all of a sudden it's like a light bulb that went off. And then. Oh, I remember this one time, you know, and I remember the, for instance, this one story my grandmother told me, yeah. um, I'm from Puerto Rico. My, my descendants are from Puerto Rico. Yeah. And, um, so my grandparents pretty much lived on the Island until they were in their thirties and they decided mm. to migrate over here to America. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> but while on the Island, my grandma told me that there was this area where she lived that's mm -hmm. next to the sea that has this almost like lagoon. And in this lagoon, there is a pirate's box, like a treasure box oh. held down by chains, but nobody could ever get to it because every time you go into the lagoon, it rises. And then if you're caught in there, you're going to end up drowning basically. Yeah. So there's been wow. legends of many people going over there, trying to get into it. And then yeah. you just see their bodies there because they tried and they end up drowning. So, wow. like, you know, stories like that. <laughs> what, is, what is that called? Is, is there a name for that? Like, I don't even know what that's. Yeah, there. if there is a name for something like that. But, you know, you hear these stories and you're just like, you know, all right, Grandma, that's great. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. But that's, I'm telling you, man, that's a good pool source of information. Try to oh, yeah. dig into that, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think you're um, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, Andy, where do you think um, from this point, like where, how far are you going to take this thing, man, as far as the podcast is concerned? Because I really think you have something going on here. Where do you see this evolving to eventually? Yeah, I appreciate it. First of all, thank you. That mm -hmm. that means a lot coming from you. Um, the second point uh, where, where I see this going, I think uh, right now, just short term vision, I just want to keep like building on the I guess, pillars of storytelling, uh, I kind of refer them to, so I can just improve like the way I like structure stories, the way I pace stories, especially for podcasting, which I realized is actually different from video, because the pacing is slightly different. And there are certain things that you could do to like, improve like the retention immediately, because in video, for example, like there's like a bunch of stuff on the screen, and that's usually the way you do it. But you actually for podcasts, at least for mine, which is non video, you actually need to say use your voice to immediately captivate people with the story. So I've been trying to figure out how to do that better. But mm -hmm. the, the the end goal for me is just to be able to tell stories. And I mean, ideally have people listen to them. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, I just want to be able to eventually scale to a place where I can have stories in different languages have different channels where I cover stories from different types of niches. For example, like right now I'm doing like mystery, bizarre, unreal stories on my current podcast. 
maybe sometime else I'll do some like true crime. And uh, other than that, I'll do some like stories about how like different podcasters or YouTubers made their first video to last video, their journey. Mm -hmm. So um, I have a lot of ideas for just stories. And I think stories are something that we're just always going to be around. People are always going to enjoy listening to stories. And it's just a matter of getting better at telling them and getting better at like the whole process of creating, editing, all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a process. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. I, I've been doing it for uh, five years now, almost six. Wow. And um, yeah, you learn. It's a learning curve. There's a lot of things that you learn on the go that people don't you know, teach you and you learn, you're like, Oh yeah. shit, I, that's what I had to do. Okay. All right. This is what I have to do to do this right and do this right. And make sure this is, you know, cut the right way. And, uh, you know, yeah. I, it's a million different things. People don't realize, I mean, the people just think that, they you know, don't. we just come on here and just tell a story and then that's it. You research yeah. the story, you know, you, you, you're citing the story, you're, you're figuring out how to, you know, structure it a, a certain way and how to make sure, you know, obviously, to think if it's going to be a viable story too on you know on top of that oh yeah oh so, yeah that's a big one yeah 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 that's a you know and so people you know don't understand that it takes a lot of work into the process of what you and i do when it comes to you know when it comes to podcasting and stuff like that but i love seeing new guys like yourself coming on um you know new platforms like tiktok and you know that's actually one thing that we're kind of old school you know because you know i'm in a different uh age bracket as you i'm gonna i guess yeah. they call it gen, gen x but uh we haven't even caught up to tiktok yet i mean we're still on our wow. websites yet but you know see having somebody like you on the podcast andy i can learn from you and say okay you know what yeah, it's probably time to do something about that and, you know, start, oh, yeah. you know, you oh, know, yeah. being being different and, you know, getting my getting our stuff out there in different avenues. But oh, that's yeah. what I love seeing about, you know, guys like yourselves telling, you know, getting on these podcasts and doing your own thing. I think it's great. Um, I think what you're doing on Hidden Stories is wonderful. And I implore everybody to go check it out. Um, Andy, where can people find your podcast? Yeah, they, you can find it on basically every podcasting platform out there um spotify apple music google podcast not to name a few and yeah it's just titled hidden stories yeah that's wonderful andy listen thanks so much for coming on the podcast uh we really appreciate it um listen if you ever um you need any kind of uh help or anything at all any source material they just reach out i'll be more than happy to help man and uh you know thank you for coming on the podcast much success to you and uh i hope things uh you know just grow for you in the future my friend I really appreciate that. Yeah. Likewise, everything same, same, same for me. And yeah, keep on killing it. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome, man. Yeah. And if you ever have a show about near death experiences, um, I'm your man. I've had two. So <laughs> wow. That, that that is one of the ideas. That is one of the ideas. Yeah. Let me know. Let me know. So <laughs> all right, my friend. Eddie, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And we'll have to have you come back on in the future. Okay, my friend. Of course. Of course. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Andy. Thank you. Well, everybody, thank you for uh, sticking with us through that interview. And we hope you enjoyed that interview with Mr. Andy Chang. We appreciate him coming on the podcast. And, uh, of course, you can follow him on uh, Instagram and, of course, TikTok at Andy Y. Jang uh, and uh, follow all of his stuff. I mean, this guy's got a lot of uh, really interesting stories that are coming out as of late. Um, like I said, short form, very quick paced. Really to the point, but really cool. So uh, check out his stuff, and uh, we really appreciate it. So uh, that brings us to a close here for tonight, Jay. Uh, anything else before we say goodnight? Everyone, keep your eye on the sky, your feet on the mm -hmm. ground, and your nose to the grindstone, and out of other people's business. 
Yeah, there you go. I like that one, Jay. Keep your mind and your and your nose out of people's business and mind yourself before you mind other people. That's a good your one. Your mind like on that. your money and your money on your mind. <laughs> there you go. So uh thank you, Jay, for that. And we appreciate it. Of course, you can follow all our stuff at darkfringeradio.com. Make sure you go there and check out all of our uh, latest and greatest. And uh, we'll see you guys again next week on another edition of Dark Fringe Radio. Dark Fringe Radio, your premier source for the paranormal, conspiracy theory and true crime.